Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Sexton trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Carl slammed it home. Garland upstairs. Oh! Sexton is Hello and welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. My name is Carl Rodriguez. I'll be hosting this evening, afternoon, or morning, whenever you're listening. Our normal host, Justin Rowan, is on his 47th vacation of the last three weeks, so he is uh, unavailable. But luckily, in his absence, I have a champion, <laughs> a championship podcast uh, host in Ty Windish. Ty, the Bucks are the 2021 NBA champions. Does it feel as good as you thought it would? I think it feels better. I think there's so many. That's the correct answer. There's so many things about it. You don't, you would never realize until you're there. Like I'm sure, you know, talking about 2016 and similar stuff, but like, like the exact, like Giannis LeBron, the guys at the top, you think about them maybe before, what would it mean for them? But really just seeing all of the players on the team celebrating it and almost going like one by one, like, Oh my God, PJ Tucker paid off his NBA journey and, and got this thing he's been going for. Chris Middleton, of course, who I've, you know, been such a big fan of for so long, gets one. And Giannis too, and Bud even, like, it, it was so cool. And then, you know, to see all the fans and, and everything else and, and to be a fan, it's uh, it's overwhelming, but it, it rocks. You know what you'll also find that's interesting about being a first-time uh, champion fan you know, like is if you're at least if you're me that I'm probably over overly editorializing here. But like for me, I'm more excited for my friends when they get to have their teams win championships. So I'm like, I know exactly how that feels and it feels so good. And, you know, so I, I definitely I felt like I watched the, those last couple minutes through, you know, through your eyes, through uh, through Alex Nemec's eyes, uh, you know, the Bucks fans that, you know, have been supporters of the pod for a long time. We're just really, really excited. I, I feel like the first place to go is probably Giannis. Um, you know, it, I, I listened to, to the Eurostep, uh, you know, this morning, uh, celebrating your celebration of the pod. And um, it just felt like he 
went up actually i have a question for you i don't want to i don't want to lead the witness here do you feel like he went up a level this postseason or do you think he's been there and we just weren't seeing it no he went up a level for sure he was the adjective i keep coming back to is surgical like he would have great moments and, and even great games in the playoffs in years past but obviously the uh the wall which my co-host rohan insists we refer to as the barrier so in this from from henceforth the barrier which now it doesn't matter that much anymore because it seems like he's beaten it but um you know it, it could slow him down if not entirely stop him at least slow him down enough to where you know if, if he's mortal and the bucks are the bucks it's probably not going to be enough he learned how to take over games and control the flow of a game and that's something where you have to be one of the greats to do that on a consistent basis. And Giannis did it for four straight games. I mean, he scores 40 twice before the 50 burger to end it. But even when he's not scoring 40, when he's scoring in the twenties and thirties, like there's just a different feel to his game. Now he picks his spots better. He knows his moves better. He has more of them despite all the stupid bag talk. And also, I mean, play style wise, you just saw him playing more like a big in this series. You know, he's, totally. he's he's posting up from six to eight feet way up more often. He's rolling more often. Like they basically changed the way he plays a lot. And that's a hard adjustment. That's a tough thing to sell to a two-time MVP. But the proof was in the pudding. I mean, all run when he was doing that kind of stuff, he was unstoppable. And it culminates with the best game of his career. But no, he was not like this before. This is he got better again, which is terrifying for the rest of the league. He's 26 years old, turns 27 in December. And I think he accepted more, you know, really, not just saying it, really trusting the teammates, really playing that different role closer to Shaq than LeBron, which is not, should not be seen as a denigration. It's not, it's just his Shaq play was style. pretty good. Shaq was solid, it turns out. Hakeem wasn't bad. Kareem, I should say, the last buck to win it. Pretty, pretty, pretty okay overall player. It is funny you mentioned the, the the infamous bag or lack thereof. And I will say this, and this was what was running through my brain, because I've been thinking about this a lot with regards to this Cavs team as they're growing and developing, is what I'm really kind of honing in on lately is that the bag is not as big a part of winning as people think it is. <laughs> you know, like the idea of like if you were like to boot up NBA 2K. Zach Levine's a hell of a player. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like guys who can dribble, shoot, dunk, yeah. uh, you know, shoot off the dribble, do a little bit of playmaking. Like and all this like all this focus on Giannis uh in his the last couple of years has been on the idea of, like he can't succeed without a jump shot. And I think that this finals really showed how misplaced that that line of thinking is like Giannis took a leap because he got smarter and got more reps, not because he added some, you know, like capital S skill to his bag. Like, do you agree with that? Yeah, mostly. I mean, his fadeaway got is continues to get better. That is actually, true. it wasn't that bad. It wasn't, it was pretty good for a lot of last year. And then I think he lost confidence in it, in the bubble, sure. in the playoffs environment. I think this year in the playoffs, he was a lot more comfortable. I think that does help a lot. But also, the other stuff I think was more important, like saying, you know, okay, if we, instead of I bring the ball up and size up and just try to beat, you know, one on five over and over, which sometimes it'll work because he's Giannis, but not often enough. Let me run this ball screen with Chris 
oh, Mikael Bridges is on me. Let me get back to the post. I catch the ball here. I get either, I either get doubled or I score is, is how that math works out for Giannis. And if I get doubled, sometimes I score anyway. Sometimes I find an open shooter or an open cutter. And it just, he looks like such a more cerebral player now because I think he's taking that second to go, oh, this is, this is how they're bending to what I'm doing. This opens up this. Oh, okay, I see that Chris for three right now. And that just wasn't always there in the past. Not to say he was dumb. I just think, you know, you there's see this a difference players, though, it between, slows down. The yeah, game slows it, down. Yeah, there's just a difference intellectually. You know, it is yeah. such an intellectual game. It's part of why I love the game so much is that it's not so much about did he add a jumper. It's, you know, I, I there's a there's a clip in Zach Lowe's 10 things from midseason this year that like really like it was one of those throwaway pieces that really like reawakens your mind on basketball. It was it was him highlighting a Steph Curry play where Steph basically fainted like he was out of the play in transition so he could run his man smack dab into an uh, an on uh, a Draymond screen for yeah. an open three. It was like nothing about what generated that three was the bag. <laughs> no, you know, it really is about being this. It's just about reading the court and, and seeing that geometry, that 10,000 foot view. And like, I, you know, I've said a billion times that the biggest thing that the Cavs need to do is get older. And I yeah. felt like that's the case for Giannis too. And I, I feel pretty stupid for, <laughs> for assuming that he just wasn't going to get there. Um, and I, I think to some extent the LeBron thing spoils me because I'm like, because anyone who's not LeBron level savant, I just kind of like not smart enough. Um, and yeah. there's only like two of those people on on the earth. So and like I don't think Giannis is that is there is like a LeBron level savant, but like it turns out you don't need to be when you have his set of physical skills and the team that was constructed the way it is. It's just a really interesting case of player development. And like as much as and that's really why I found his post game so exciting. Yeah, uh, where he was like. This was the hard way. This was the way I. I feel like any small market fan like oh, lost yeah. their lost their shit listening to that because it's oh, yeah. like, like he realized he needed to get better. Like I, I think there's guys on losing teams right now that don't know that they need to get better. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think I think my favorite part about the whole deal is that it shows there can be a healthy push pull because there Giannis pulled like people. I think oversimplify now and, and oh it was it was so and it was I mean there's a lot of guys who would have been gone if if the Bucks took as long as they did to get where they did with Giannis but I I think he just also wasn't ready I think it would have been it, it I don't I don't know if they win a championship almost no matter what maybe 19 because it was such a, an odd year as well but um, I mean he he didn't sign the supermax right away people forget Bucks fans were sweating and he quietly well, it was assumed that he was leaving. Yeah, well, it, oh, of course. I mean, every you know yeah. network was was making that assumption. Frothing at but, the mouth. But I think behind the scenes, he was putting on and, and in a couple of interviews, he was saying like, "We need to be better. Like, we our team needs to be better. Like, I want to stay here, but I'm not going to stay here if it's going to you know cost me chances to win." And that's why the Drew Holiday trade, which was derided at the time, somehow by like, me. At, at 2027, this high school freshman right now, I'm I'm crying that we won't have him on the Bucks in in six years. But um, but they had to do it, and 
because I, I don't I don't think Giannis gets pen to paper, especially the way the Bogdan thing went. If you don't Ugh. get Drew Holiday, I don't even want to. It's such a thing, but yeah, it's just I, gross. Thank goodness we can put all Bucks fans can put all of that behind now. But you know, it's it's that push pull of like I want to stay. I know I need to get better for sure. Can't do this with Eric Bledsoe. Sorry, Bled takes he takes strays all the time. Great dude. Not the right point guard for that. Sometimes Giannis you're just team. not good enough. You know, like there are yeah. been, there. There's a litany of role players who just weren't good enough. Yeah. Um. And like I do think it's. I think it's often a mistake to think about the NBA in terms of you know a, a standard workplace. I think we can run into some problems doing yeah. that. But I will say, like I think it's exactly the way that you want someone who has power with any any workspace to kind of flex that power for the better he demanded demanded excellence and just like any of us if our workplace is letting us down and uh not building towards the things we believe in like you should get out of there i think what's disheartening to small market fans is when you know something like the the raptors title happens like everything went great and it still wasn't good enough you know that that's what is tough but like i don't think i think that is often a misrepresentation of um the hyper pro player empowerment uh, commentators that their side, they kind of simplified to go, you just want them to be trapped. And I don't think that's the case. Um, it may be in some very minimal circumstances, but like most of the time, you know, like when players leave crappy teams, no one's sad for those teams, you know, like it, it really only happens when it's a good team that seems to be going the right way and they still can't keep their guys. So uh, it, it does feel like everything just worked out so well, and then I think we also got to talk about Middleton because yeah, I do. You, I that's a player who I I still don't know if he got better. <laughs> like like he's just so smooth in his game, and I I was kind of a, a, a kind of a loud Middleton detractor. Uh, I snuck it out on the end of a podcast. <laughs> Uh, where I thought you probably wouldn't be listening, and I made a joke like, I think Middleton could score 50, and I still wouldn't be sure if he was good, <laughs> like how good he was. I mean, I feel like the, I feel like the argument's probably over at this point, right? I think he had nine at halftime in game six, so I don't know if it is. It's he's He has gotten better. Um, and funny enough, I, I felt like we didn't see it as much in the playoffs. I hope we see it more from him overall next year. He was a lot better attacking the basket earlier in the season, which is that was like out of all the things on offense, it's that and his handle that the two weeks. I think that's why he is still a fairly inconsistent player is those two things. And I mean, I think the work is going to keep getting put in. I mean, all the quotes from both Chris and Giannis, like the other guy pushes me so damn hard. Like that's that's why we're champions after eight years together. It's it's that that work ethic, that team culture that they have. But um I, I, he's, he's such a, it's so funny because there's all these, there's always been these debates. It's not just national. It's within the Bucks, Twitter and Bucks media. Is he good enough? Is he not? Is he, he is. I mean, it's, it's, it's over. He is. He's, it was maddening, maddening, maddeningly inconsistent along the way still, but it was enough. Like it was exactly enough when you're Giannis's teammate, you know, even if you're ahead of a shaky game, that shot he hit at the end of game six uh, on the, in the mid-range. He hit so many of those in the playoffs. I think he actually might have broken a 25-year LeBron record in the last 25 years, the most tie or go-ahead shots in clutch time in the playoffs, a single playoff run. Jesus. So he wasn't necessarily there all game, every game. He wasn't 30 at night, but 
he was there enough when they needed him and and it, it, someone it, with that it, skill you know, set and Giannis. And you know what's funny is that's where like a rising tide raises all boats because yeah. Giannis being because there were stretches last year where Giannis was not that helpful. Like like for whatever reason the wall was getting to I'm sorry the yeah, barrier was barrier, getting to him. Uh, and he looked a little aimless, and I don't feel like Giannis was out of any game. No. And like that's the real value of like having a true, true number one as opposed to a nominal number one is that you know Chris can Chris can go away for a half, and the team can survive. And then as long as he hits a few big buckets at the end, all's well, and you you go home with a dub. Yep. And you know I feel like that was you know the greatest luxury LeBron could have given Kyrie or Kevin Love. Uh, or you know, even J.R. Smith is. You just got to give a little yeah. when you got when you got a great yeah. player around you. I mean, I think Game Six is the ultimate example of that. Like Giannis hard carried the team, but there were there were players who even the ones who didn't have great games gave a little. They gave yep. you the little sparks. Like you know, I think about you know Connaughton who had a bad game, but he flew in for a crucial offensive rebound yep. late. Yep. And like those are the kind of plays you remember when your team wins a championship because. They're 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 the margin plays. They're the ones that you just that only the diehards remember. You know, mm-hmm. the the Shump four point play is the one for the Cavs. You know, in 2016, man, I wanna. I wish my team were back in the finals. <laughs> soon, um, soon. It, it feels soon. so. It 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 really uh, seeing uh, seeing you got you guys celebrate really made me like like pine for it again. One thing I also want to talk about with regards to this Bucks team. Uh, of 16 playoff teams, they were 14th in three-point percentage. <laughs> in three-point makes, they were 10th. They're tied for 10th, so 10th through 12th. Uh, were all made 11.23s a game. What do you think that says about the state of the league? Um, because on one hand, I mean, the, the, the attempts were still good. They were uh, they're not great, nine, ninth in attempts. But like, you know, like it, do you think it was a, just a weird year? Do you think that you like, do you think a paradigm shifted here? Cause I, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. I don't think a paradigm shifted. I mean, we look at, you know, two of the greatest five shooters ever are stuck on a team that, I mean, one didn't play all year, the Warriors that didn't make the playoffs. So I think you're starting out from a shooting disadvantage. Um, and, but I think it's, I think the Bucks are a special case because, I mean, you know, when you have a player that, of the Giannis caliber, how much they shape your team. And there's always this, you know, why, why do they not get more threes, everything else? Like Giannis is going to use so many possessions and he's going to pass to some shooters and the Bucks shooters are always inexplicably bad. I mean, you look at the run, at well, least I, going I, in. To, I'll to say the this, man, you got a bunch of nominally good shooters. You don't have any elite shooters. Well, Forbes was Forbes was for a round, and then for a round, and then not anymore. And Middleton, I think, was like thirty four percent for the postseason. I that, think Condon, that's one of your outliers for sure. Uh, yeah, I think Connaughton led the the team in three point. Connaughton's so huge. I mean, he's uh, he, he did have a bad game six. He, he also. That game had a charge on Booker that was just phenomenal, but um, but he, he came through ex- just enough, which is the story of the twenty twenty one Bucks. But um, I, I think some of some of the some of it is just their personnel. I mean, they 
they won the title because they could play big and bully that way. Even, Se- even second in uh, the playoffs in offensive rebound rate, got thirty one percent of their own misses. It was, I, I mean, across. I would guess the team who was first probably didn't play all that many games. I mean, the Bucks did. Yeah, Boston first. Celtics. Yeah, exactly. Against the Nets, who are yeah, who yeah. just didn't didn't care to be big at all. But um, the Bucks, that's how they won. Even when Lopez was off the floor, and Lopez was huge and and hugely important to the. Bucks. I love and that guy, man. He's awesome. what a great player. What, what a great a story. Great you talk about yeah. a player who is like the archetype of, oh, he's not going to modern game. He's the opposite of that. I mean, he's, he's a career. I mean, like not to say that that's how this is how I felt about him, but he was kind of labeled as a, like a career loser and yeah. a good stats, bad team guy in Brooklyn pretty much the whole time. I, I can't even think of an analog in the like. It's almost Vucevic, but probably a less respected, like, 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 like less maybe, skills. maybe like a Zach Randolph type where yeah. like, but you know, without the off, off court baggage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he just completely reinvented himself. He went all in on defense and he, he learned to shoot and he can still do the, the up close stuff offensively too. I got a lot. I got to say as a, as a sucker for low post play, I love it when Brooke would get down oh, there, man. get dirty. It's great. It's great. Like, like it's nice that he could shoot a corner three or two, but I loved Brooke. Just like, like he crashed the boards, like because he's so slow. Like the way he crashes the boards <laughs> and gets these putbacks, it's just so like it's so refined because it can't not be. Like <laughs> he has no option. Yeah, he has no option but to be uber skilled and have like perfect footwork because he can't move. Um, Watching him also- and Robin on the same team was just a delight. Yeah, he's just so he's just such a joy to watch. And this Bucks team is funny. I I I knew I didn't care about the finals. Uh, I didn't like have an opinion on the finals because uh, early on I was rooting for the Bucks because I felt like they were dogs. And then once the Bucks started taking control, I started finding myself, oh, it'd be nice if Chris Paul won. But like I did kind of come to terms with like both these teams are very very likable. And as many I. I it actually is a bit of a wake up call for me to like let's like take a few less stray shots at teams because like this is actually a pretty fun team you know like I like a lot of really good personalities built the kind of way I would like my team to be built uh, in in this setting it's just it's just a fun squad especially given that you know they've evolved so much man like doesn't it feel like yesterday that Bud was like. I thought 36 minutes was good for Giannis. <laughs> it, it is wild. I mean, that's just like the Bucks have really tried to mold themselves after the Spurs. I think it's no coincidence that Bud worked for Pop way back when and everything else. But, I mean, it shows you like what, what patience can do because, you know, myself included, Almost everyone in Milwaukee, the fans, were like, that's enough of Bud. Like, he can't do it. He can't get the job yeah, done. I, I very specifically remember your post-loss podcast where you're like, it's over. Get rid yeah, of him. He's got it in the bubble. And listen, he was bad in the bubble. Like, I'm not, I'm not, no way around know, it. no revisionist history. But, you know, sometimes if you buy in to a, a coach, players, everything. I mean, Middleton clearly had had bad moments in high-profile situations. I'll be honest, you don't really have a choice there, but... Uh, Lopez with the way the game is going. And I think the Bucks they doubled down, right? They said, no, we do believe in these guys. We think they can be better. I will say, I think Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker talk about push and pull earlier with Giannis. Like it was some push and pull with Bud. And I think it's been alluded to in, in media availabilities and stuff. Like those guys had some thoughts on, on how defense should be played. And I think it, they were good thoughts, but it's credit to Bud though. I think he, he also got better and it's, yeah, it's, the team is so funny because going into game six, 
the big debate on our live show on YouTube was like, can you actually trust the Bucks? Like, really? Like, we've been down this we've been down this route before. We always get burned. I was like, I think we can. I think we actually finally can. That's like everything flipped. Like every single script flipped on all the players and like the whole mystical ethos around the team of like, oh, the Bucks, they're gonna blow it. They they turned it all around. And it's just it is it is super cool. I was thinking earlier today about I mean, Cleveland got one already, but the Oklahoma Cities, the Orlandos, the Charlottes, all these teams. Like, I hope this finals in general, because Phoenix is kind of the same deal, and the Bucks winning it is kind of like a, okay, this is good. This is, there's there's an opportunity here. And I think it's cool that Phoenix was the other team because, you know, Giannis, it's hard to get a Giannis, as we all know. You can get a Booker. You can yeah. get a Booker-level player and a really good core around him and be right there. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, I I do think, I agree. I'm glad that the narrative, like, it, it is nice that as many, as much as, like, the ratings talk drives people crazy, once the basketball starts, I do think people stop. You know, if the basketball's good, that's what, it's good, you know? And, like, maybe the ratings weren't great for the series. I'm not, I don't intend to check. Um, <laughs> But, like, ultimately, I think it is good for the health of interest in the game. Like, I had people talking to me about the finals in a way that they, kind of hadn't for a while and as much as like i i find that you know the, the those kind of talks that are like oh well people want super duper teams and that's the ratings are better i'm like maybe it's a bit of uh you know maybe it's cotton candy a little bit you know like like it's not good for you long term and i feel <laughs> yeah. like this was this was a very nutritious nutritious finals for nba fans that you know might feel like there's no road to contention for us yeah, um i agree you know? entirely like yeah. super, super organically built teams with like two final garnishes in Chris Paul and Drew Holiday where like, and those are guys who, you know, like had flaws, you know, they're not perfect. Like you're never going to have the perfect deck in a small market, but I do feel like this is kind of the play is you take the right risks. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I'm dumb for, for crapping on the holiday trade. Like that's <laughs> why I'm dumb because like, you need to hope that it you can't uh i don't think you can team build uh in a small market especially one that already has a star yeah built around the idea uh built around the median outcome you have to hope for some breaks you know and like what's so nice is as much as people will talk about the injuries this season i don't no one's talking about that today i haven't i haven't seen much discourse regarding Oh, well, yeah, but the Nets would have stomped them if everyone's healthy. And maybe that's the case, but, like, that's basketball, and that's that's why you do this. Yeah, and I think it's it, – the game is just untenable if every year it's, you know, Brooklyn with three guys against L.A. with three guys against the Knicks with three – I mean, the Knicks never do it, but – No, the Knicks you know, will never But Miami, Miami with three guys, Golden State, whatever. Um, you know, they're, they're, it, it, if that goes on for too long – you just lose all of the fans of teams like ours who are like, why do, why do we go? Well, no, even the Bucks fans like, yeah. okay, why do we give a shit if we can't do it? So I think it's, I don't think the league set it up for the Bucks to win, but I do think it's good for a team like the Bucks to pull at least one out every five decades, hopefully more in the next couple, but you know. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this team going forward? Like, do you think that there's a, do you believe in their ability to repeat? Do you, feel like the Nets buzz buzz saw is coming and you're going to be glad you got one. Cause like, I was just thinking about this today when I was thinking about stuff to talk about with you, which was 
I feel like the Cavs had the worst post championship beats of all time. Oh yeah, like what was uh, it? Like a couple of weeks? It was July fourth. Uh, uh, July fourth, and it was July nineteenth. Was the was Game Seven? So oh. uh, they 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 had two weeks. Uh, the most talented team that was ever created can't got built, um, and then the team started to kind of rot from within. Uh, and you know, Kyrie ended up asking out a year later. And then LeBron left the year after, and you know, so I'm kind of curious what you think about the road forward for this team. Like, do you, what moves need to be made? Like, I, at first glance, I'm seeing a pretty complete team, but there are some spots to improve on the margins. Yeah, I think it's going to be mostly margins. I don't, I and mean, the Bucks are aggressive. I mean, I think if nothing else, you look at that Drew Bogdan thing. I mean, that was, I, th- I every all signs were like, oh, they love Dante. They're God, can you imagine Dante. if they had Bogdan? Though? Oh my God, it would have been. <laughs> I don't. I try you, not to. I try oh not my to. god! Because he was so good this year. <laughs> it, well, once he got healthy, but yes, he was. Yeah. He was tremendous. Um, is uh, Bucks fans noticed? Um, it's the the good for you by Olivia Rodrigo's. In my oh head. yeah. Every time I see the guy. <laughs> um, but I, I think I would imagine more moves around the margin. You know, the championship hangover. I don't think they're going to be super aggressive this summer. But that said, given you know the the out of nowhereness of the Bogdan move, is that just because that was the Giannis resigning summer, who knows? But I, I think it is around the margins. I think they need better bench guard play. Um, for mine, I think Conadin is a forward at this point more than anything. That's where you assume Tucker slots in if if Dante is back or if they find a new a new two guard. So I just think guards, they need more guards. They're a big team. They have a lot of forwards. It'll be fascinating to see what Portis decides to do because I think I mean, he closed games. He closed out the finals for the Bucks and was excellent. He's an inconsistent defender, but improving, and that's he gives Bud a lot of credit for that. But you know, he's 25, and if they can find a way to keep him for two more years, then they have bird rights and they can pay him however much they want. It's tricky for two years, but him staying around would be big just to keep more guys in the pipeline closer to Giannis's age than you know Brook Lopez, who's in his 30s. PJ Tucker's in his mid thirties. They have his bird rights. They can keep him. I hope that I think that they will. We'll see. Um, but I think that we're going to see a lot of guys come. I mean, most of them are under long contracts. I mean, the big three are, are going to be around for a long time pending a trade. So I feel good. I think the nets probably come back better, but you just never know when you assemble a team with, you know, KD Kyrie and Harden, where they're all at now in their careers and, and all the miles. I hope that the Bucks get to see them healthy, but as we saw this past year, and it wasn't just the playoffs all year for them. There's just no guarantee. I, I don't think there's any reason to think they couldn't repeat. I don't think it's a guarantee. It's not, you know, like the 17 Warriors, like, oh, yeah, this is easy mode now. It certainly isn't that. But, you know, I think they have great players, and I think this was year one with Drew and PJ. Like, they they didn't even get that much of a chance to gel. I mean, Drew got COVID during the year. Like, I think there's, there's a lot of upside. I think Bud's been getting better, so – We'll see. I, I hope they add another dynamic guard. I think that changes everything. Victor Oladipo has been pining over the Bucks, so TBD on that. But I, I feel good. I think you know they're third right now in championship odds. Something I never will care about. I, I think more than anything else, though, we all saw what Giannis did. He doesn't turn twenty-seven until December. If you have that guy and some other pieces, I think you always have some sort of a shot. Couldn't agree more. Uh, we we can end it here uh, with uh, with one last question. Tiana's going to be remembered as the greatest international player in NBA history. Yeah, I think so. Um, who's is it right now? Is it? I'd say it's Hakeem. Hakeem. It's Hakeem. I think it's Hakeem. Yeah. So, 
I mean, it's the, I don't the think credentials are yet. already not that far. Off. It's not that far off. It's not. Uh, he's and not there yet. I don't think the one player is twenty six. <laughs> yeah, um, it's nuts. I think people keep asking the where is he uh, in like top it, twenty and everything. It else. never even occurred to me that he would be the greatest, greatest international player ever until last night. It's so funny how yeah. your brain works sometimes. Things just crystallize. I, I'm not interested in figuring out where he's at right now. Like, let's wait till all is said and done, and then I can get on the internet and talk about why he should be number one. That's what, that's what I'm waiting for it someday. Hopefully. Yeah. I noticed on the pod, you're, you're getting, you're getting dangerously close to yeah. goat talk over there. Trajectory. I just, I keep saying trajectory. <laughs> that's, I can't that's be a wrong. Nice I'm just saying it's, that, you know, yeah. that's a nice hedge tie, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but, but say it with your chest, say what you mean to say, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just couldn't be happier for you. I, if I can give you one piece of unsolicited advice is to just, Preserve every play, every th- this feeling you have about every member of the organization in Amber, uh, you know, because like things will change, guys will yep. age, guys will leave, um, you know, things might t- take a turn for the worse in some way. Boy, did it happen in Cleveland! But you know, I think that's one piece of that. I feel like that's one piece of perspective that I feel like I have that a lot of my friends don't seem to have in the Cavs. Uh, yeah, Cavs Twitter is pretty good, but like my my day to day friends, where it's like, you know, a lot of it's like, you know, you know, like if someone, it's very fair weather, you know, it was like get yeah. rid of that bum, the second it stops being good, and it's like, no, those guys are, like, sure, I can I can see what the president is, and I can react to it appropriately, but like, in in, in the heart of hearts, there's always that championship like glimmer on on anyone who was affiliated with that, and I I hope I hope the same for you, my friend. We just keep saying the names of the seven guys who played rotation minutes throughout the throughout the after the first round, and it's really trying to those and Bud, who I, I'm sure will frustrate the hell out of me as early as next year, but they all got it done. And yeah, I, I'm trying to, but I'm glad you said that. I, I'm, I'm going to double down on trying to just keep those positive memories strong, even even as time passes. Yeah, it'll. I I I can't imagine it'll ever feel as good as the the first one did. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just so happy for you guys. And I think we'll go ahead and end it right there. Thank you so much for listening, gang. Uh, you know, you can follow Ty on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Find him on Twitter. He's amazing. If you're a big fan of the Chase Down Podcast, you can go ahead and hit that like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Help cook those books. If you want to be a part of our exclusive Discord chat, just go ahead and send a little review over to chasedownpod at gmail.com. We'll invite you right in. Draft's coming up, gang. Can't wait. Stay safe and as always, go okay.